You're listening to SBS News. Polling booths have closed in Venezuela, where a referendum has been held to decide on the ownership of the oil-rich Essequibo region. The region is internationally recognised as part of neighbouring Guyana, with fears the referendum could lead to conflict between the two nations. I spoke to Phil Gunson, a senior analyst with the International Crisis Group based in Caracas. So Phil, what was the reason behind Venezuela initially holding this referendum? Well, there's an official reason, which is that uh, the president uh, is determined that Venezuelans should rally behind him in claiming uh, Venezuelan sovereignty over the Essequibo region of, of Guyana. It's a long-standing border dispute going back a couple of hundred years, which had been really dormant um, until lately. Um, but I think the over and above the question of the Essequibo itself, which we, we can certainly go into, the reason for the referendum really is that Maduro is an unpopular autocratic president who's facing a very difficult re-election campaign next year. And he needs to kind of wrap himself in the flag. He needs to rally, you know, nationalist support uh, in order to overcome what is, a, um, you know, his, his, his unpopularity. And um, he's trying to use this, this issue, the issue of the Essequibo, um, to show strength, to show that the government is strong and that it can that it can defeat the opposition in next year's presidential election. That's that's I think what the, the the real reason is. I think you know domestic politics more than this this border dispute. And historically, what is the dispute between Venezuela and Guyana over the Essequibo region? Well, it's complicated, but in, in a nutshell, um, Venezuela claims that it inherited from the Spanish Empire when it became independent, um, all the territory up to, in the east, up to the Essequibo River, um, which runs through present-day Guyana. Now, if, they're, if they were awarded that territory, uh, that would remove two-thirds of Guyanese territory. So naturally, the Guyanese are somewhat upset about it. Um, this whole issue was supposedly settled by an international tribunal in Paris in 1899. But there's where it becomes complicated because Venezuela wasn't actually directly represented at that tribunal. And it subsequently emerged, or at least this is what the Venezuelans claim, that the deal that between the uh, that among the five judges uh, of that tribunal, there was really what you might call a stitch up. In other words, they they came to an agreement over the heads of, of the Venezuelans, um, which left Venezuela, um, you know, with um, without control of, of, of the Essequibo region. And, and it became uh, an issue when a member of the U.S. delegation to that conference um, wrote a memo which was published posthumously in which he outlined what he said had been the, the deal that was struck by all these non-Venezuelan judges. That was the case up until, I mean, that was how it stood up until 1966 when Guyana itself was about to become independent. And the two countries, or the then British colony of British Guyana and the UK got together at a, at a, at a meeting in Geneva and agreed to settle it by mutual agreement via commission. Unfortunately, that never happened. And so where we are now is that the dispute has reached the International Court of Justice. 
Venezuela says that the International Court of, Court of Justice has no jurisdiction and it refuses to accept what the what the court rules. Um, but unfortunately for Venezuela, that's going to be binding under international law. And that case is due to be heard in, um, or at least the hearings, the final set of hearings are due to take place in April of, of next year. And we've also seen Brazil mobilising its armed forces to its northern border with the two countries. How serious do you think the threat is of conflict breaking out? Well, I don't think that for all the bellicose rhetoric that's coming out of Caracas at the moment, I don't think the intention of the Maduro government is to invade the Essequibo region or, or, or to seize it from Guyana. Um, I think that would be a very foolish move, um, despite the fact that Venezuela obviously is much more powerful militarily than Guyana, um, because it's diplomatically isolated over this. Venezuela really has no significant international support for this claim. And so it would immediately cause an enormous uh, chain reaction, I think, internationally, which would, I think, leave Venezuela much worse off even than it is now. It would be much more isolated diplomatically. And I think it would be a very bad move for Maduro. But that doesn't necessarily mean that there's no risk. I think given that Venezuela is going into this election cycle now, um, heading for an election which probably will take place in October of next year, it may well be that at some point Maduro feels that it's convenient for his purposes, for his internal political purposes, to provoke some border clashes with Guyana. And of course, if that were to happen, then we can't be sure, nobody can be sure really, that it wouldn't get out of hand. That's where I think that the, the real risk lies in terms of in terms of actual military confrontation. And so if there is a military confrontation, uh, which regional players do you think could become involved? Well, first and foremost, the United States, which has a very close relations with the, the Guyanese government right now. Um, Brazil, of course, which neighbours both Venezuela and Guyana, it's very worried about this. You mentioned the, the Brazilian military are on a state of alert because of this. Um, Brazil has economic interests in Guyana. Part of Brazil's um, outlet to the to the Atlantic is via Guyana. Brazil's been involved in the building of roads in, in Guyana. Uh, curiously enough, the Chinese, who in theory are a close ally of Venezuela, are involved uh, in drilling for oil in in Guyana, in these offshore waters where since 2015, they've discovered, not the Chinese, but primarily ExxonMobil of the United States, has discovered what I think amount to about 8, 11 billion barrels of recoverable oil in waters, some of which are claimed by Venezuela. So this, is, of, course, of course, is one of the reasons why this issue has become much hotter in recent times, because what, what the Essequibo represents in terms of assets in terms of in terms of its 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 the wealth under its land and sea um, is now worth a lot more money than than it was prior to 2015. Uh, and polling stations in Venezuela have now closed. Just based off your observations in Caracas, how was the voter turnout? Well, the turnout has appeared to all of us here in Caracas, and and, and looking at every independent source that I've been able to check in the course of the day, the turnout has been very poor. Um, and that's going to be a significant blow to the government. I'm sure the government will um, try to present it as a great triumph. Um, that's their their general modus operandi. Um, but really, most voting centres appeared to be largely deserted today. People don't appear to have 
been infused by um, all this patriotic fervor. Um, and if that's the case, then the government will really have to do a significant rethink. There is some talk within the ranks of government supporters that Maduro himself is not the best candidate they could put forward. And I'm sure that on the quiet, because public dissent is not looked on favorably by, by the Venezuelan government, on the quiet, there will be considerable, um, you know, considerable impetus, I suppose, for a reconsideration of whether, you know, the incumbent is the best person to lead the ruling party into next year's election. Um, we won't hear a lot about that publicly, but uh, but I think that that discontent, which already has been apparent in recent months, is likely to grow. And with elections slated for next year, as you say, how much of a chance does the opposition actually have at winning? Well, if it were a free and fair election, they'd have a very good chance. Um, something like 85% of Venezuelans, according to opinion polls, want to change. And back in late October, the opposition held its own primary election to decide on its presidential candidate. And um, a woman called Maria Corina Machado um, won that election with an extraordinary 93% of the votes. Many more people voted in that primary than I think the government expected, or even the opposition for that matter. And that's given the opposition a fresh impetus. Now, there are many problems ahead. One of them is that the government is not in the habit of um, providing conditions uh, that would amount to a free and fair, internationally recognisable democratic election. And more particularly because Maria Corina Machado herself is actually banned from standing. The reason why she's banned, of course, is because she's too much of a threat to Maduro, who doesn't have any intention of uh, handing over power. So there's a long way to go before we find out, you know, what the likelihood of anything approaching a free and fair election is uh, next year. Given that rising popularity of the opposition party, do you think the government could actually seize the Essequibo region? You know, I, I don't think they could very easily, although I think if it was, uh, uh, if it came to outright war, all other things being equal, Guyana would lose because it's much, much weaker militarily. The other factor that's worth bearing in mind, of course, is that um, the United States has been negotiating directly behind the scenes with the government in Caracas um, in an attempt to exchange sanctions relief for improved democratic conditions. And that, the mo most recently, uh, took the form of an agreement in that was signed in Barbados in October by the mainstream opposition and the Maduro government that in theory would provide rather better conditions. And once that happened, the United States offered sanctions relief, quite substantial sanctions relief. So if Maduro is to go down the hard line road and really pull back from any kind of political opening, then he's going to go back to, you know, dem dem uh, diplomatic isolation, to uh, economic um, recession. We're already in a recession right now. Um, and so, you know, obviously, from the point of view of ordinary Venezuelans, a lot hangs on this, this election next year and the conditions that, that uh, the government is willing to provide. Uh, you could also argue the conflicts in Gaza and Ukraine have seized the world's attention, uh, you know, distracted the rest of the world. Do you think this could be enough for the Maduro government uh, 
to be able to take the region? Well, yeah, I mean, a lot of people have raised that. And, and clearly, you know, um, we live in a very volatile world in which, you know, the rules are, are not always followed. Um, but I think that it's worth bearing in mind the opposition that Maduro would face, not just from the United States, um, but from some of its closest allies. I mean, if you look at if you look at Cuba, for example, which is the closest ally uh, the, of the Maduro government, the Cubans have long been um, supportive of the Guyanese position. Uh, and I don't think Venezuela really is in, in a condition to to go down that route. 